0: the book of Psalms that we've not looked at yet in this series, and that is Psalm chapter 103. This is one of my favorites. It's not as well known as the 23rd probably or the 91st either, but I really love this, this passage of Scripture, Psalm 103. Now, tonight I'm going to look at the first five verses. I know that there are 22 verses, I'm looking at that, 22 verses in the chapter total, But we're only going to read the first five tonight and then go wherever the Lord tells us to go when we get through with those verses. But uh, I want to, while you're finding Psalm 103, I want to extend an invitation to everybody to be in our special meetings this coming weekend. We start on Sunday morning at 10 a.m. and Sunday evening at 7, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday at 7, and each weekday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, at 11, and these 11 o'clock services, Brother Mark will be teaching, ministering. Uh, they won't be like exactly like the night services, but they will be ministry time, and so we invite you to come. There'll be nursery provided up through age five on Sunday morning, and the night services, there will be no nursery in those mornings, and so I just want to give you a heads up on that in case you were wondering about that. And uh, of course, we are expecting, we already know we have guests coming from various places, different states, and and we're going to have a great, wonderful time. There'll be many people here that maybe some of them you have not met before. There'll be others maybe you haven't seen since last year, but just a great gathering of believers, and especially and particularly a great gathering of ministers. There'll be a number of ministers and pastors and people who will be in the services, and so we are uh, going to be each night ministering after the service to them, giving them an opportunity to fellowship uh, a little bit. We'll have some food for them, but it's, it's not as much about the food as it is about the gathering, the fellowship. And so uh, I want to just in advance thank all of you who are working to make this happen. If you haven't, maybe you didn't know until now that you had some free time, some ability to serve Then uh, if you're interested in serving uh, ministers with the the meals that we're going to be doing, that kind of thing, you can see Ms. Tawana Markham back here or Ms. Cheryl Tweedy. They will be happy to to, uh, help you find time slots and things that you can help with. There's a lot of work there to be done. If you're interested in serving in the sanctuary, in ushers, coming a little early, maybe having to stay a little late, but uh, if you want to help with that, then please see Miss Tammy Ortiz. And she's not in the room right now. She's busy out there taking care of other things. But most of you know who Miss Tammy is. If you can only serve one night and help out one time, that will be fine. Uh, there will, I anticipate there will be an offering received every morning and every evening. So we'll need ushers in every one of those meetings. The mornings are you know, kind of casual, so you can come even if you get a little time off work and you come in your work clothes. That'll be fine, too. But it's going to be a wonderful, wonderful time. And we will receive on Sunday morning our regular church offering, and that'll be the only offering we receive for Freedom Word Church. All the other offerings will go uh, for the uh, meeting, go to Mark Hankins' ministry, but all your checks will be made to Freedom Word Church, FWC. And we put everything together, and we bless them. And this is one of the biggest meetings we do. It's one of the biggest seeds that we sow of the year. And so I'm just asking you to pray and do what God tells you to do. I will say this. I've said this a number of years. I mean it sincerely. But if my ministry, if this ministry, this church, and particularly my ministry, has been a blessing to you, then I want to ask you from my heart, be a blessing to the man and woman of God who are coming, because they've been a tremendous blessing to Glenna and me, and uh, they've helped our church to get to this place today, and I know maybe that maybe you don't quite see all the connection there, but trust me, I'm telling you the truth, and uh, it, it is a blessed time. Also, we're, we're going to truly be blessed as well, musically. Uh, Brother Patrick and Miss Dee Vandiver will be with us, and they're going to be here in all the services. They're getting in here Saturday evening, and i mean saturday afternoon and then they're going to be here saturday evening working with our praise team and so it's going to be a wonderful time if you don't know who patrick is he was with us a couple of years ago and he's just such a blessing he was a keyboard player for brother hagan for years uh he knows how to flow in the holy spirit he knows all kinds of songs that that just fit for meetings and services and he um he loves coming here and they are looking forward to it um uh I'll just say this much. They passed up an opportunity to be with some very well-known ministers this weekend because they wanted to be here. And that says a whole lot about you and your welcoming and your your uh, joy. And And may I say, in case you don't know, you will not offend Brother Mark, Miss Trina. You won't offend Brother Patrick or anybody if you just come and really get with it. Just enter in. You don't have to hold back because we have company Uh, You just need to have a great time, amen. I mean, if you're going to take a shower, you guys are going to shave or whatever you do to get ready for church, then my goodness, don't come here and just stand like a knot on a log, (laughs) amen. Make it worth your while, praise the Lord. So anyway, it's going to be a very busy time. Your body will get tired, I can tell you that, Uh, but something happens when you gather that many times, and for consecutive days... And you just sit under the anointing and you hear the word. And uh, it's just going to be so good. All the messages will be on, on the website uh, eventually. I don't know how fast all that gets, will get put up there. But uh, you'll be able to go back and listen again, feed on it, and, and be blessed. He will have a lot of material with him. It'll be out here in uh, what used to be the bookstore. It's now Miss Melanie Smith's office. But uh, we're, we're blocking off a portion of it to have that product in. And I don't know what he's going to do. You never know with Mark. His office people don't even know what all he's going to do when he gets here. He could just, you know, he may give everything away. It may be all half price. I don't know. Just take advantage of what's going on and have fun. I guess that's really the bottom line of what I'm trying to say. This, you know, they're not coming all pent up and bent up and, and uh, you know, uh, all worried about anything. They're just going to come, and that's one reason they love to come here. Because they can come here and be themselves and so we're gonna have a wonderful time it won't be like our normal services but we have normal services all the rest of the year so uh, let's let's have some fun this time amen all right not that we don't have fun other times but you know what I'm saying praise the Lord Psalm 103 we're gonna read the first five verses and I'm gonna read it first from the New King James Bible and then I'm going to read it from the Amplified Classic and that's the the way we'll do it, and so I want you to listen carefully. Uh, You can look at your Bible, whatever translation you have. It might just bless you just to listen, and so let's go. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits, who forgives all your iniquities, who heals all your diseases who redeems your life from destruction, who crowns you with loving kindness and tender mercies, who satisfies your mouth with good things so that your youth is renewed like the eagles. Hallelujah. That's good. Now now listen to the Amplified as it does do what it says. It will amplify certain words. It will give us various meanings of the, from the original and it's a blessing when you hear those and we'll read those first 5 verses now from the amplified bible bless affectionately gratefully praise the lord so that's what it, that word bless is being rendered affectionately gratefully praise the lord and i will point out now the word lord is the word Uh, the same word, the Lord is my shepherd, the eternally self-existent one. Oh, thank God. And this is a Psalm of David, by the way. So you kind of see some patterns with him. So bless, affectionately, gratefully, praise the Lord, O my soul, and all that is deepest within me. Bless his holy name. Bless. Affectionately, gratefully praise the Lord, O my soul, and forget not one of all his benefits. It's important that we would understand the word forget, (coughs) excuse me, that the word forget there means to mislay. Have you ever been going to take something somewhere with you and you lay it down and then you can't find it? You've mislaid it. That's what that word is about. Don't mislay not one of all his benefits. Don't be oblivious, that means, as well. Don't be oblivious. You know, a lot of people just don't have a clue. They're oblivious to all the good things that God has for them and that Jesus has already bought and paid for that they could enjoy. So don't mislay or be oblivious from want of memory or attention. Now that's what the word forget there means. Don't mislay or be oblivious from want of memory or attention. So this means I need to work on what this verse says. Can you see that? In other words, I I need to pay some attention here. It's my responsibility not to forget even one of all his benefits. And then he lists two of the most important benefits that God makes available to us. Number one, it's found in verse 3, who forgives every one of all your iniquities. He forgives every one of them. Now, a lot of people believe that they're forgiven of those things that they think maybe aren't so bad, but they struggle with the idea of accepting and receiving the forgiveness of what they consider are the big things. You know, they they consider that it's not uh, 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 necessarily a big deal if I just do some what we consider a little thing wrong, but if it's really big, then they're just not sure about it. But this says that he forgives all your iniquities. Now, none of us like to think about our iniquities. We don't like to think about where we've missed it. And aren't you glad that we don't have to come to church and get up and tell everybody every wrong thing we've done? Every wrong thing we thought? Every wrong thing we've said? I mean, you know, if if everybody had to do that, the crowds might be bigger. Because a lot of people are nosy. And they'd like to hear all the dirt on everybody. But aren't you glad that, that when God hears your words of repentance and sees your heart of absolute repentance, aren't you glad that just as most all of us are familiar with computer files, that there is a delete button that you can hit and it's gone? And sometimes they'll ask, you know, the, the program that you're working with will ask, Are you sure? And then it may come back with something else. If you delete this, you know, it's completely gone. And it's, you know, it's warning you that gone is gone. And when God pushes that delete button, it's gone. Woo, glory. It's gone. One of the great hindrances to your faith operating is the condemnation of the devil about our past. You got to know that condemnation is not from God. Condemnation is never from God. Condemnation is the idea that you did it, you're a dirty dog and and you don't deserve to be blessed and you're never going to get over this, you're never going to get past this and you know just keep heaping it on you more and more and more. That's condemnation and that's the devil. Conviction is from God, the Holy Spirit convincing us the Bible says Jesus said that, that in John's gospel that the Holy Spirit would come and convince or convict people, the world of sin, righteousness and judgment. I'm so glad all three of those things are there. Yes, we need to know about sin. We need to know what it is. We need to know about judgment, but we also need to know about righteousness. Hallelujah. That's the thing that overcomes and undoes all those things that we did in the past. That's why the the Lord will delete the file and take it away. And it's not because he's forgetful. It's because he just absolutely chooses. I don't want to talk about it. I don't want to Hear about it. I don't want to think about it. That's God's attitude. I don't want to talk about it. I don't want to hear about it. I don't want to think about it. And that should be your attitude about your past. I don't want to talk about it. I don't want to hear about it. I don't want to think about it. Because when you talk about that you're talking about something that God has chosen to forget. And if God's forgotten about it, how should I keep it on my mind? You know, you, you need to learn The great principle of forgiveness. And many times when we teach about forgiveness, rightfully so, we teach about forgiving other people. But sometimes the most important forgiveness we have in front of us at certain times in our lives is the forgiveness of ourselves. You can't go back and relive yesterday, last week, last year. You can't undo your decisions from the past. And you can't unsay words that you've spoken. And you can't unthink the thoughts that you thought. But you can be forgiven and cleansed by the blood of Jesus of all those things. And you can determine in your mind you're not going there again. And one of the ways to not, and listen carefully, this is so important. One of the ways not to go back and get entangled again with that same problem a.k.a. sin, one of the keys to not going back to that is don't think about it, don't talk about it, and don't listen to anybody about it. It's gone. Amen. He forgives all your iniquities. No wonder David said, Bless the Lord, O my soul. How many of you know the story of David? And how many of you would agree he had some things that he had to forgive himself for? I mean, he conspired to murder because he saw another man's wife taking a bath. I mean, this is about as carnal as you can get. This is... I keep hearing this microphone making noise. If you don't hear it, don't worry about it. But... I shaved too early in the day. Anyway... David really messed up. He committed adultery, conspired with his number one military man to have her husband killed in battle. He didn't shoot the arrow. He didn't handle the spear, but it was just the same as if he did. And then he has the nerve, the unmitigated call, to talk about the fact that God forgives all our sins. That's what grace is about. That's not a license to go kill your enemies or your neighbor's husband or wife. That's not what it's about. It's about when we find ourselves in the place where we need mercy to know, thank God, it's available. Hallelujah. Thank God it's available. So don't forget any of his benefits. Number one, who forgives every one of all your iniquities. And then he gives us another one. This is not an exhaustive list, but evidently these were the two that were most on his mind. And of course, the Holy Spirit inspired him. And he says, Number two, who heals each of all your diseases. Now, some people say, Well, this is just poetry. The Psalms, the Proverbs. Other certain sections of Scripture, you know, they purport themselves as great scholars, and they try to point out to all of us lesser mortals that, you know, uh, you really can't take these kind of things literally. It's just, it's just poetry. Well, you know, I understand that if I'm reading Keats or Shelley or, uh, you know, Browning or somebody like that, I understand that that's poetry and it's made up and all of that kind of stuff. But I just am simple enough to believe what the Bible says of itself, that this is God-inspired. Yes. Yes. <coughs> and whether it's books <coughs> excuse me, that we call poetic, or whether it's prophetic, whether it's the four Gospels, or the epistles, the Holy Ghost wanted this said. Not only that, but when you study the Bible, you see divine healing all the way through. You see the sick healed, people that are bound and oppressed and tormented being set free. And so you do what you want to do, but I've been standing on Psalm 103 verses, verses 1 through 3 for years. He forgives all my iniquities and He heals all my diseases. And all there means all (laughs) there are no exceptions so that means he heals cancer that means he heals heart disease that means he heals uh blood vessel damage that means he heals uh livers and pancreas and stomachs and brains and bones and joints and nerves i'm so glad he heals all diseases hallelujah Hallelujah. So no wonder he got excited about this. And he says, who redeems your life. I'm trying to get these first five verses read in the Amplified. Who redeems your life from the pit and corruption. Who beautifies, dignifies, and crowns you with loving kindness and tender mercies. That's the father we serve. He's not a harsh, austere, selfish, bigoted dictator. But he is a loving, kind, and merciful father. You know, a lot of people would just have so much better life and so much more success in prayer and in their worship life and church life if they just had the right picture of God. You might be surprised how many people, basically, they might not say this, but yet the way they pray and the way they look at prayer is this. They, they're, they're thinking about, how can I talk God into this? How can I twist His arm a little bit? Or how can I sweet-talk Him? Am I going to use the carrot or the stick? Well, you know that's not how you approach God. He's not subject to all that. No, uh, God, God isn't saying no. He's already said yes. As a matter of fact, the New Testament tells us that all the promises of God in Christ Jesus are yes and amen. So we're not wondering if he'll do what he said. We know he'll do what he said. And so he, will, he is a God of loving kindness and tender mercies. Verse 5 <clears throat> And I really, I really like this the older I get. Uh, Who satisfies your mouth, your necessity, and desire. A lot of people have a problem with that, you know. Lots of Christians bless their hearts. They have such a problem with a God that would actually give you something you desire. You'll hear people all the time. They'll, they'll read these wonderful scriptures and immediately they'll qualify them. They'll immediately qualify them. Well, you know, God God will give you what you need. He's not promised what we want. Isn't that what desire is? Want, desire, aren't they synonyms? Don't they mean the same thing? God wants to give you wants. Now, I'll agree. If your heart gets changed and you're born again and you're walking in the will of God and you want what God wants for your life, then God can give you wants and then he can fulfill your wants. Psalm 37, 4, delight yourself also in the Lord and he shall give you the desires or the wants of your heart. I believe, as many do, that that is twofold, that he will give you the desire to begin with and then he will cause that desire to be fulfilled. As a matter of fact, that's one of the reasons that that desire was given to you so that it could be fulfilled. Do you think the devil put the desire in you to be healthy? Do you think the devil put the desire into you, into you to have a, a great marriage? Do you think that the devil put the desire into you to have a child? Or any other good thing that the Word talks about as being a good thing? Certainly not. God puts that desire in there. And I've found in my life, and again, you do what you want to with this, but I've found in my life that when I keep coming into something and that desire just continues, continues to stay with me, it's not just a whim. It's not just a passing, fleeting imagination. But there's something that begins to come up inside of me and it, begins to, and it begins to motivate me. I realize if it's good, if it's godly, if it's biblical, if it's not anti-God, anti-Bible, if it's not sinful, if it's not wrong, I know I can pursue that as a God-given desire. And some of you have a desire about a home. And some of you have a desire about a a good, nice vehicle. Some of you have that kind of a desire about a spouse, a husband or a wife. Some of you have that kind of a desire perhaps for a child and children All kinds of things. Maybe a a business idea that God put in your heart that you you need to get it going and it it can be very profitable for you and a great blessing to the kingdom. I mean, I could go down a long list here of good and godly things. If that desire is on the inside of you, cultivate it. Find scriptures that would continue to bolster that idea. Make sure the word in no way contradicts that thing. Make sure you're on target and then go after it with all the faith you have. Be bold. Pray over it in tongues. Pray over it. You know, you may not have any outward evidence that you're going to do that thing, whatever it is. But the only thing you've got is something on the inside. And so you're going to pray yourself into that place. Amen. Amen. You're going to pray yourself into that place. Hallelujah. You can... If God is put the desire inside of you for a godly thing that he wants you to have, then he will make a way, there will be a road map, if you will, to get you to that place. There will be a way that will get there, and you just have to walk it out. Just walk by faith, not by sight. You can walk yourself into debt elimination. You can walk yourself into favor with God and man. You can pray yourself into places that your, your degrees and your smarts would never get you, but God's favor can open that door and get you right there. And you can be surprised. At where the devil, I mean, I'm sorry, you'll be surprised at where the Lord will take you. You might be surprised where the devil would take you too, but you don't want to find that out. (laughs) I remember when my kids were little, I mean, uh, um, really little, like five, six years old, which so that's a long time ago. But I remember we lived uh, in a very rural, rural place, pastoring a small church. Um, our contact with um, large ministries and and the greater uh, Pentecostal charismatic world were were quite limited in those days. And that was the days before the Internet, so you just couldn't get online and see all these people. You know, there were cassette tapes and that kind of thing. Our TV uh, viewing was very limited. Uh, I remember one time I was so hungry for God, I remember I had a friend of mine, he's now with the Lord, but I remember one Friday night he called me uh, and, and he had a TV, he got a TV channel that I didn't get. I was too far out in the sticks to get it. And I remember he was, he, he was, he was calling me and telling me about this program he was watching. And actually what it was was uh, Kenneth Hagan was at Fred Price's church. This would have been about 1982 or whatever. And there was just such a great manifestation of the Spirit of God. He was wanting me to hear over the phone. I tell you, you can get hungry for God. And so I remember I would tell my kids, in those days, we were trying to teach them how to behave at the table, you know, how to eat and, you know, use their manners and all that kind of stuff. And I remember telling, telling my kids, I, 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 would just, I would just say this, I'd say, how would you act if you were having dinner with Lester Sumrall? My brother Sumrall at that time was kind of in his heyday. He was ministering all over the world. He was just, he was, he was a powerhouse for God. And I'd never met him, you know, or anything like that. And I would tell my kids that. And you know what? There came a day when we sat down at a table and had dinner with Lester Summerall. I'm so glad we taught them children some manners. Hallelujah. (laughs) Praise the Lord. You know, that may sound very petty or trivial to you, but there's probably some people you'd like to know better. There are probably some people you'd like to meet. There's some places you might want to go. Don't, don't cut your dreams off. Don't let your budget and don't let negative people keep you from dreaming the dream of God because God can do some things for you that will absolutely astound you, amaze you. Hallelujah. I don't know why I needed to say all of that, but I think somebody needed to hear it. He satisfies your mouth, your necessity and desire. At your personal age, with good. Notice, at your personal age, I, I really like that. Because, you know, whether you're 14 or whether you're like me, you're 64, or you're like my dad, 87, or anywhere up or down from that, or anywhere in between, at your personal age, God will satisfy your necessities and your desires so that your youth renewed is like the eagles, strong, overcoming, soaring. Hallelujah. (laughs) Hallelujah. I don't want to be offensive to anybody that's young, but I'm going to tell you, you don't really know much till you've lived a while. Now, you use your manners, be nice but keep your ears open and most of the time your mouth shut and you'll learn. You'll learn. I know that's not politically correct to say those kind of things, but I don't care. Because if you want to succeed, you want to not have to reinvent the wheel all the time. You want to learn from people who are successful and you want to learn even from their mistakes. Amen. And so I'm telling you, If you will, if you will follow God properly, God will restore or renew your youth. I'm believing Him for that. I'm believing Him for that. Hallelujah! I refuse the idea that you know. As I said, I'm not trying to just uh, uh, carry on about this point, but but I'll be 65 in September, and you know a lot of people have quit when they're 65. I tell you, you know, we've been moving these last few days. I I threw a rocking chair away yesterday. (laughs) Uh, It wasn't such great shape, but I mean, it's just kind of figuratively speaking. I threw the rocking chair away. I'm, I'm not planning to quit right now. I'm not. I'm like in the words of the great apostle George Jones. I'm not looking for no rocking chair. I'm just joking. You know that. I hear Brother Jones got saved. I look forward to hearing him in heaven. I want to go to one of his concerts if he holds him in heaven. And, uh, you know, and, you know, if Tammy Wynette made it, then maybe they can do golden rings. I thought that was a great duet number. But anyway, <laughs> I'm just a country boy. But anyway, <laughs> what I'm saying is you don't have to quit. Because you're 50 or 60 or 70 or 80, whatever you you know, you you can determine how active and blessed you're going to be. But the key is back up in verse one. Really, this I mean, there there are several keys, obviously, but one of the main keys, and and this is where we're going to uh, talk a little bit, and then we're going to have to close. Bless the Lord, O my soul. It's praisers who live the most fun lives. It's, it's people who learn to praise, who really know the power of praise, people who just don't care what other people think as far as, you know, somebody making fun of them or thinking they, they don't have it all together or whatever. When you get rid of all of that and you just learn to just, I don't know another way of saying it, but you just get beside yourself in the presence of God and you no longer care if people laugh at you or, you know, if they talk about you on the way home or they talk about you on lunch, at lunch on Sunday, oh, did you see so and so? When you get to, you don't care. You're well on your way to pleasing God. Amen. I heard a lady say a long time ago, she's gone to be with the Lord. Uh, now, and ma- as a matter of fact, I think she was the author of this, I can't remember the song. I, if I've remembered, I'll tell you. Uh, a good old chorus, a good old uh, 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 song of praise. But I heard her talking about to sh- her word, one of her pieces of advice to singers was, she said, you can't be a pretty face. You can't be a pretty face. And so in other words, you've got you to gotta get beyond yourself. You know, do the best you can, fix it all up before you get here, but once you get here, forget it. Forget it. Hallelujah. Bless the Lord, O oh my soul. Now, notice David saying his spirit had to be saying to his soul. Now, I know that probably they didn't have, I don't know how much of a revelation they might have had of the triune man. Evidently, they had a pretty good revelation because he was saying, bless the Lord, O oh my soul. Who was saying bless the Lord? It had to be the spiritual side. It had to be the the spirit of David saying to the soulish man, all of that whole area of of the inner man that that goes into the realm of emotion and intellect and and, uh, reason and all the rest, he was saying to himself, get up, get with it, make some noise, bless the Lord. I want you to notice he didn't say, bow your head in silence. Let's have a moment of silence. No, there's, that's not there. Somebody, you know, there is some silence in heaven. According to the book of Revelation, there's going to be 30 minutes. I guess that's for all those people <laughs> that like that moment of silence. But <laughs> I remember an old song the, the Goodmans used to sing, only 30 minutes of silence you hear. then we're going to shout for a million years. And it'll all, be over but the shouting when we get home. I think maybe somebody ought to learn that one. (laughs) Only 30 minutes of silence we'll hear. Then we're going to shout for a million years and it'll all be over but the shouting when we get home. Oh, glory. I'm excited about that. I'm excited about that. So you know it's not, he doesn't say bless the Lord, oh my soul, if you feel like it. Bless the Lord, oh my soul, if you're really outgoing and gregarious. Bless the Lord, oh my soul, if you just got all your, you know, your bills paid off and everything looks good. Bless the Lord, oh my soul, if the sun's shining and everybody seems to love you. No, he just said bless the Lord. Because praise isn't about me. Praise isn't about you. Praise is about the God of heaven and earth, the Lord of lords, the King of kings, the healer, the deliverer, the satisfier, the God who's more than enough. That's what our praise is about. So no matter how we feel, no matter what happened yesterday, no matter what we face next week, when we get into the presence of the Lord, it's time to bless the Lord, oh, my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. Hallelujah. Praise is a choice. That's really what he's revealing here. Praise is a choice. And when you choose praise enough, it will become a habit. A good habit. You know, brushing your teeth every night before you go to bed is a good habit. Taking regular showers is a good habit. We know what good habits are. Well, praise is a choice that becomes a good habit. And, you know, uh, uh, when you look at the Bible, the Word of God, you realize that this, these are the words of the Heavenly Father being brought to us by authors here on the earth that were inspired by the Holy Spirit. But the words are God's. And so I would like for you to think about that when you read Psalm 103, verse 1. The Lord is saying to you, you need to bless the Lord. And all that's within you needs to bless the Lord. And you need to make it a habit. I remember when I was little, my mother always insisted. My dad worked most of the time in those years. He worked nights, and so he didn't get home till late. And so most of the time, we would go to bed before he got home. So she enforced the you must brush your teeth rule. And you know, I've already told you how ancient I am. And to this very day, I cannot go to bed without brushing my teeth. And so, though I am from West Virginia, I still have all my teeth. Amen. <laughs> Coffee stained, though they are. So the habit of praise will stand you in good stead for decades to come. Amen. And when you think about it, and, and we'll, we'll, be, we'll talk more about this in some of this Sunday morning material, but uh, that's the sound of heaven. Heaven is not some quiet sad place. It's a place of joy and a and a place of a blessing. So praise is a choice that becomes a good and a blessed habit. And listen to this before we go tonight. When we praise, we are at the same time, we are in other words we're doing two things at once when we praise. Number 1, we are blessing God. And declaring his blessings. We are magnifying God. And we're building our faith. You see it's not possible to biblically praise God. Without doing those two things. Number one pleasing God. And number two building your faith. It's not just something God asks of us. Just to test us or prove us in some way. But God is. God is giving us the opportunity to enter into a place where we come into unity with Him. Biblical praise brings you into unity with heaven and with the will of God. I want to read from Psalm 92, verse 1, a portion of that verse. It says, It is a good thing to give thanks unto the Lord and to sing praises to thy name, Lord most high. It is a good thing. To give thanks unto the Lord. There was a chorus years ago along this line. It is a good thing to give thanks unto the Lord. It is a good thing to give thanks unto the Lord. And to sing praises unto thy name, O most high. You want to try it? What gear win. E flat, B flat. It is a good thing to give thanks unto the Lord. It is a good thing to give thanks unto the Lord. I don't think we got it. We're going to have to work on it. Unto thy name, Oh most high. Sorry, guys. That's all my fault, not theirs. Well, Jesus in Matthew 21, 16, when they were praising him, exalting him, as he rode into town on what we call that Palm Sunday. And he was rebuked by the Sadducees and Pharisees and all the religious leaders of the day who did not like that. And he said, have you never read, out of the mouth of babes and sucklings, God has ordained strength. And when he said that, he was quoting from Psalm chapter 8, verse 2. And in Psalm chapter 8, verse 2, it says there that he's perfected uh, praise. Let me see if I can get my words right. He equated praise with strength. He equated praise with strength. Any area of your life that's weak, spiritual area, emotional area, if you've got problems with school, learning, you've got maybe some intellectual issues. It's not that you're stupid, but it's just some stuff that seems to be hard to grasp and get your mind around. Maybe it's a marital issue, an issue with children. It might be financial. It could be physical. Any area that presents weakness to you, You need to praise that thing away. You can praise yourself into a whole new place in God. And I'll be honest with you, that's one of the things we're doing here as a church. Our church is not in the same place it was two years ago, five years ago, ten years ago. And there are are several issues, but one of the issues is that our whole praise life here at Freedom Word Church has come up to a new place. And we haven't arrived yet, so the best is yet to come. So I just want to encourage you. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless His holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all His benefits. Study them. Meditate on them. Listen to good teaching about them. And don't let the devil talk you out of them. No, in ourselves, none of us are worthy. But that's not how we come to God. We, didn't, we never come to God on our own. We couldn't get in the door. I mean, I, you know, I couldn't get into the White House. I, I don't have any access. Nobody wants me there. I, I, I don't know anybody there. And so I couldn't get in there. Couldn't get in the door. And you know, if I was coming to God on my own, I couldn't get in that door either. But I'm not coming on my own. I come in Christ. That's my that's my entryway. That name above every name. And I'm invited even by the God of the universe, which beats the president's office or any king or anybody else. I'm invited to come boldly. Come boldly to get beat over the head? No. To obtain mercy.